This is Simply Meditation, an offering of Center for Self-Care, and your mindful coach, that's me, Mark Balser. Each week at 7.15 p.m. on Wednesday, we have an in-person guided meditation and short teaching at Balance for Life Yoga in Devon, Pennsylvania. Feel free to join us there or listen each week to our intro and guided practice or standalone guided practice. If you'd like to learn more, visit me at www.center4selfcare.com or email me at mark at centerforselfcare.com. Thank you and enjoy. I'm coming back from retreat. I uh, have been mostly silent for the last seven days. I got back home yesterday, uh, Sunday at about five o'clock and I had to drive Beltway and so on. So I did get to experience the world a little bit differently than I had for the week before that, mm-hmm. but it's certainly been, been different coming back into the world that didn't notice I was gone and went on without me. Uh, even you know, opening the laptop and checking emails and Facebook and so on is really just a kind of an overstimulation. So it might be that I make us all close our eyes very quickly and sit in silence for 40 minutes. I probably won't do that. But the model that we used is something called the Vipassana model. So you're probably familiar from, with it from some practice that, we, that we've done before. But this model doesn't have a whole lot of teaching in it. It's very practice related because you only really learn as you practice this and integrate it into your lives. Our retreat was 45 minutes of meditation. They did ring the bell halfway through for a little entertainment. You could adjust yourself. And then 45 minutes of walking meditation. Many times that walking meditation is in a meditation hall and then you sit back down. This particular retreat you actually didn't do the walking in the meditation hall. So it was either in the hallway or outside. So you could use it as a break instead of a walking meditation, which is at least initially what I did. But uh, as the retreat uh, continued, I ended up doing the walking meditation along with the seated meditation. And so once you do that, you start again with 45 minutes of sitting and then 45 minutes of walking. And then if you're lucky, maybe it's lunchtime. And then you keep going. They do have one talk at night that's about 45 minutes long. Uh, That's a nice little break. It's the only time you're allowed to write things down as well. Uh, They really encourage you, partly because you're so sensitized to avoid reading, clearly avoid talking, avoid writing things down, uh, so that you can really be deep in your practice. Those are just guidelines. I was writing like a madman and, you know, found myself sitting on the toilet with my pants on, just madly journaling because there were no private spaces anywhere. And, you, you know, you, you'd, you'd see suspicious activity, you know, behind a tree and then around the tree would come so, be somebody with like a journal and a pencil in either hands, like acting sheepish. There was one time we're, we're at breakfast. And there's a woman across from me who's early in breakfast, so there weren't a lot of people there yet. She's texting under her phone. She's playing with her phone. And 
you know, her hands are under the table, so I can't see the phone, but I'm a high school teacher. I know when people are playing with their phones. And she's, re- I mean, she is going at it. It's just like, you can see like the muscles in her arms moving as she's just madly typing away this message. Like it had to be something of import. And so I, you know, I was like, I caught her red handed. I'm going to wait until she lifts her hands over the table because there's no way for her to put away her phone without lifting her hands up. And, you know, I'm going to give her the dirtiest look because what else can we do? We're not talking. And then she lifts her hand and in one hand is a hard boiled egg. And in the other hand is the shell from the hard boiled egg. (laughs) And she had been texting, uh, but actually unpeeling her hard boiled egg. So we often have perceptions about things. They don't turn out to be the way we thought they are. Practice today. We're going to start with a little bit of gratitude uh, through the model of body-centered inquiry that was, you know, the approach of this retreat, body-centered inquiry, uh, exploring what's called the felt sense. So connecting with what sensations come up for us in our body when we reflect on, you know, in this case, gratitude. But oftentimes in body-centered inquiry, we're working with less pleasant emotions and thoughts, you know, our suffering, our sadness, our anger, our frustration. And one of the things that we do is we, we let it grow. If it feels safe, we let that sensation, maybe it's a pulsing in our area of our chest or tightness in our shoulders. Uh, if it's, you know, gratitude, it might be like kind of like a tingly light sensation or something like that. And we let it grow big. Rarely are we working with the, those pleasant sensations because the, the meat is in the unpleasant sensations. And so we were working with this, how big can it get? And one of the people in the group said, you know, if for me, it's not really how big can it get, it's how good can it get. And how good can it get is we're identifying that by how we feel it in our body. So it's a little bit of an experiment to do this together tonight. We're going to do kind of three parts. We'll start off with a kind of a quick preview of the first part, which will be bringing to mind something we're grateful for or appreciate, maybe something we're proud of, and connect with how that feels on the inside. Then we'll really dive deeper into that feeling and let it grow, see how good it can get before bringing in some kind of challenge or suffering maybe a memory or a regret. I'd advise against using kind of an active one. So it might be a dream that you had that didn't quite turn out the way that you wanted it to, you know, like you didn't get to be an astronaut when you grew up and so on and see what it's like to invite that challenge, that difficulty into that same space that you've created based off the gratitude. Why don't we start with a little practice, just uh, three, four minutes. So letting your eyes close, settling into presence. You might use the breath to guide you into this moment. Feeling that body expand with the in-breath. Relax with the out-breath. Just becoming familiar with the breath. 
sensing the body soften. Sensing the heart and mind arriving in this moment. And then bringing to mind something you're grateful for. Might be a being, might be a favorite place or activity you love to do. Notice what images form in your mind, what memories. Letting this gratitude or appreciation come to life. If you're working with an image, you might brighten it, adjust the contrast, allow it to become more vivid. You might even put expression to this gratitude on your face, bringing a gentle smile, and then dropping into the body, perhaps letting go of those images and connecting with how it feels, how it feels to sense into this gratitude and appreciation. Where do you feel it in your body? How might you describe it? might be characterized by a shape or color. You might notice its texture or how it moves and changes. See if you can put into words this feeling. How would you describe it to someone in a way that they might feel it themselves? Just in a sentence or a word. Now allowing the breath to deepen, nourishing the body with each in-breath, relaxing the body with each out-breath.
and then opening your eyes as you're ready. One of the catchphrases for body-centered inquiry that Jonathan Faust often shares is that with this practice, we move from thought to sensation. And we've got all these thoughts going through our mind. Most of the day, we're just living up here above our neck. Um, but we've got this whole body that's transporting us around that can offer wisdom as well. And by doing that, we can move from our story into our experience. We've got the narratives of how things are, you know, the cell phone under the table, uh, into that lived experience of being human. And I think it's really important because what we call emotions aren't really anything. They're a sensation that we feel in the body with a label that our mind has given it. It's kind of that combination of the two, neither of which is actually the emotion. Uh, that, you know, we've got this kind of vague feeling, uh, and then we bring in the thought machine to try to label it. And sometimes if we label it too prematurely, we, we get it wrong. You know, I'm angry when that's actually jealousy, or I'm frustrated when it's actually sadness. And so spending time in the body, at least, you know, when you do it for seven days straight, really starts to generate some insight and some wisdom. Now, what I did with this as I was practicing is then I offered a little suffering. Uh, and it was a particular instance of uh, being rejected within my family in a dispute with uh, one of my parents. And it's kind of, you know, it's still a wound. It's a little bit of a heartbreak. And so, you know, having created this, how good it can it get space and feeling inside, I kind of dropped it in there to see what would happen. We're not trying to change it or fix it or do anything really with it, but see what comes up. There's this concept, uh, Robert Bly, when he was doing the men's movement, he says the, the long black bag that, you know, all of the, you know, you shouldn't be like that and stop goofing around and you're not good at math. It goes into this little bag that when you're young and not so much uh, weight to it, but the accumulation of time and the regrets all pile into this bag and then we drag it along wherever we go. And so, for example, that feeling of rejection comes into interactions and relationships that I have, where if I've disappointed somebody, I act as if they're going to reject me, which you know that often causes some problems and they end up rejecting you because you forced them to reject you almost. And so a really neat thing that came to me as I was practicing that can only happen from, from seeing what happens when you do it is a, a, a voice or something said to me, make a little wagon for it. And so make a little wagon for it. Where'd that come from? I got that little red wagon that we pull along in the 4th of July parade. I put some streamers on it, some ribbons, and I plopped right in there this, this regret, this sad memory. And then I started dragging it along. And so that memory didn't change at all, but my relationship changed. Because no longer am I dragging it in a bag and it's weight. It's got wheels now. It can, it's portable. I can even like leave it off to the side and not necessarily carry it along. 
So I'm not saying anything like that might happen to you, but just notice what arises. Clearly, we don't want to pick a five-alarm fire like the biggest heartbreak of our life. We're talking like cat stuck in a tree kind of uh, challenge. You know, on a scale of one to ten in terms of the the pain and suffering, maybe pick like a four or something like that. And if you like what we're doing, maybe you can pick seven or eight or something more difficult. So the way I'll guide you is I'll guide you back into that feeling state of gratitude, dropping the content of the gratitude and coming back to the feeling, that hug, that that sense of excitement and energy uh, when you're anticipating something. And then I'll invite us to bring in that suffering and see what comes up. Sound good? Wonderful. So letting your eyes close again. And it can be really helpful in this practice to come back to the breath every now and then. It can be a little bit uh, ungrounding to just invite these sufferings in. And so coming back to the breath and Really feeling it in the belly or the chest can give you a nice little reset. And once again, bringing to mind this thing you're grateful for or appreciate. Letting a felt sense form in the body. Maybe experiencing it in the chest, the belly. Maybe experiencing it as a smile on your face, loosening the muscles in your shoulders or back. And touching on any sensation of well-being, of goodness you find. And see if it might expand. Can you let this feeling grow? Can you breathe into this feeling, letting it nourish you, but also letting it move throughout your body? Almost like the feeling you have when you bring a smile to your face and you sense it touching other parts of your body. See how big this sensation can get. See how good this sensation can get. How do you feel it when you're really feeling it? Kind of sensations of lightness or warmth, vividness. How do you experience it as connection or love? 
letting the sensation seep into every pore of your skin. Expanding to the outside of your body. And occupying every single cell. How good can it get? Has it found its way to your heart? Notice how the heart can grow this feeling. And then take a few moments to rest with it. Sensing what it's like to feel really, really good inside. You might let the body adjust as it relaxes and softens. Allowing the sensation to flow and move and expand. Oftentimes we feel it in our forehead as a smile rises to the face, muscles of the cheeks and jaw and brow soften. And now to the extent it feels safe, you might invite something new into this vast field of goodness and well-being you've created. Reflecting on a sorrow or a memory, a difficulty or a regret. Something that might need a bit of healing. Inviting it in and letting it settle into this space. You might come up with a phrase or sentence that you'd use to describe what you're inviting in. The end of a relationship or job, childhood loss or regret.
letting this suffering dwell in the space of goodness. Not trying to change it or make it a certain way. Not trying to minimize it. Sitting with it and seeing what arises. It might even need to grow a bit. There's space for it. as it sits in a field of gratitude. And perhaps sensing what this needs. What it needs for soothing or healing. Perhaps it just needs to be seen. How does it want me to be with it? How can I meet this with tenderness? with love. Perhaps imagining what it would be like if this need was met. What does it feel like on the inside as you imagine this need being met? You might refresh the feeling of gratitude charging it back up, brightening it, energizing it. And noticing anything that might have shifted or changed. you could offering offer this suffering some advice what would it be if you could offer yourself some advice what would it be
and taking a minute or so to say goodbye, releasing the suffering from this field of goodness you've created, letting it fade or go at any pace it would like. Returning to the breath if you need to. Sensing how you might bring back this field of love and understanding. Practicing again and again the work of the heart. Now, listening for the sound of the bell to open your eyes.